For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BBN, what's happening? Welcome to another episode of Believe in Kentucky alongside the UK Athletics Hall of Famer, the Tennessee Sports Hall of Famer, Tony Delk. My name is Vinny Hardy. TD, how we doing, man? I am doing wonderful. Just enjoying the day. Uh, didn't have a lot to do. Today was one of those slow days. I had a private session, a training session I did this morning. And normally I've been going between 12 and 2 working out some high school and college guys, but uh, most of my college guys have uh, started to go back and um, they're back on campus right now. So high school is going to start up next week. So my 12 to two slot that I've been doing for about a month now, is going to dry up, but you know, I've got some other plans, got some evening plans for my kids who want to improve and get better at this game that I love so dearly basketball. From the way we've been talking every week, it's, you know, a day, a slow day probably did you some good because you always ripping and running. So, you know, a little slow day. Maybe yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you said it too because uh, uh, I was having a discussion with my lady last night, Nicole, and she was saying to me that, you know, I got to spend, got to start spending more time, more family time, and uh, and also just making sure that I balance the two. But, you know, when you're trying to, trying to build your biz, business, I mean, it, it really – rely really relies heavily on you being there and people seeing you and you being visible in in the place that you're trying to start up especially when it comes to people trusting your program with their kids you know they don't want to see you know not not say i don't have other good coaches there other good trainers but they want to see tony delk like when i sign up and i pay my money i want to see the guy who program it is you know not to say i got to see you every day but in the beginning it's great to be visible and that's something that i learned i have to constantly keep working on and you know spend as much, much time but less time in the gym you know I, I love the game and it's been the the one constant love that, I, that I've always had and shared with with so many people and it's you know uh, opened up so many doors for me so it's, it's been phenomenal to me but you know I think Nicole said it best I really got to start trying to balance off um, you know my time at the gym and and training and just you know, really enjoy just what I have, you know, and, um, you know, the hard work is never going to stop. You know, I, I love working hard, but you can't work hard when, you know, you got the count of burning at both ends. Yeah. It's like that, like that man or woman at the circus, you know, they, they spin the plates, they start on one end and they got to run and spin this one. They got to yeah. run and spin that one on the sticks. And before you know it, that's about to fall and it's wobbling. You got to run and spin on that one. And yeah. it never yeah. stops, man. It never stops. So it doesn't, it was, doesn't. 
Yeah, the balance is hard. It's hard to keep, hard to get to the balance. Then it's hard to keep the balance once you get to the. Well, well, keeping you know, and I think you know, you can contest to this. Keeping the balance is something that you know we all will, you know would love to do, even with your work, your kids, uh, your wife. Is you're trying to balance everything out, you know, and and it's it's it's, it's a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of work, and you know, you got to definitely have the right partner. That person got to be a part of of. Uh, of your work and vice versa, you know? So there, there's some things that I need to work on personally that I'm, I'm all up for as a challenge. And, you know, someone telling me, Hey, I need to work on this. You know, I'm listening because I know that's what's going to make me a, a, a better spouse, a, a better businessman, a better coach. And as I was explaining to my kids last night, I say the great thing about, you know, as I'm teaching you and some of these other guys are teaching you, we've been where you've been. We've been your age. We've been in that seat before but you haven't been where we've been. So if you're going to be smart about this, and this is where I learned from my brothers and I listened to them because they were college players. And my goal was, hey, you know what? I want to get a scholarship. I want to go to college. And I didn't, I didn't have – I had guys that was there. My brothers were there to teach me the collegiate game. And a lot of players, you know, as they came up through through the ranks – you know, they didn't have that. You know, I, I had a great foundation of, of brothers that poured so much into me, especially my brother Les. My brother Leslie didn't get a chance to play high school and collegiate basketball because he, he had an injury. But I think as I look at my game, my game would have been his game, which is crazy because he put so much into to me, you know, from mid-range to having a fadeaway, uh, shooting the three, uh, being a good defender. Being in, uh, being someone with a basket, having having a basketball IQ because of what he was explaining to me and, and breaking things down to me. But I, as I think back to like, man, you know, my brother was like the hardest person for me to, to guard and, and face. And this was one he didn't play high school or college basketball. So the other one, I didn't have as much problem beating as I did him because he was always thinking outside the box. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we often run with another episode, yo. Go to believe.com, listen straight off the website, or iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Castbox, wherever you get your podcast. Follow, subscribe, give us those five stars on iTunes, and then you'll get the notification every time a new episode drops. You can listen at your convenience. It'll be right there. Man, on the UK note, I guess we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, uh, Kenny Payne was getting the offer from the Knicks. He was weighing it, making a decision. What's he going to do? He decided to make that move to the Big Apple to be on Tibbs' staff. And so that means Bruiser Flint to Lexington. So look at all this moving and shaking going on. <laughs> from, from well, you know, I, I think what you, you've been around this profession long enough to know that, to be honest with you, it's about who you know. It's about in being connected to the right people um, at the right time. And with uh, World Wide West being in New York and him and Kenny being, you know, great friends, uh, that relationship, you know, is always going to open up doors for him because of, you know, the relationship that they have. So I'm, I'm proud and happy for Kenny because Kenny's an unbelievable guy, man. And when I tell you, just like someone who loves basketball and, and has worked with so many guys and have, have helped guys become pros that probably wasn't going to make it because, you know what, they just wasn't mature enough, you know. So he matured some guys while they were there, and that maturity was able to, to allow those guys to be able to, to go to make it to the NBA, but also have a professional career and just 
you know, what he's done for our university, you know, being a, a Louisville Cardinal, <laughs> which I it was funny when I was, when I first working, I'm like, man, how does it feel? You know, you leave a robbery uh, program and then you come here, you know, he says business, man. He say, you know, what I do is, you know, it's about the kids. It's not about the, the program. It's about how can I help the kids and what can I do to give them the best opportunity available when it comes to once they get done playing, if they decide to go early, how am I going to put those guys in a position to be successful if, if I'm not telling them and working with them and sharing the knowledge that I have? So when you look at someone like Kenny, Kenny is a, is a perfect fit because you get someone who's 100. You know, he's, he's genuine and he's real. You know, he's going to tell you he's going to be Kenny. And I think that's what has allowed Coach, Coach, uh, Coach Cal to move him up to, you know, first assistant. You know, each and every year you can just see, man, like that dude is coming. You know what I'm saying? And I think this is something that's going to help spearhead him when he comes back and, you know, to, to become a college coach. Because at some point in time, <clears throat> it's about taking a risk. And I know Kenny wants to be a collegiate coach, but it's like, it has to be the right, the right situation. And I don't know, you know, what situation, you know, is going to be tailor-made or going to, or going to be something where you be just, you excited about the opportunity whenever you, whenever you get it, but you don't want to make a move where it's a, a lateral move to, to a program where you got to, you know, you got to really, really start over and, and it's a lot of work. And, and so I think that move with Tibbs is, you know, we talked about Tibbs um, on a couple of episodes, one or two of our episodes, uh, previously and just another grinder man that dude you know just the story we was talking about him 20 20 years as an assistant coach man that's much respect like i was i was thinking like man why tips you get tips you getting all these jobs man like man who, who do you know like he must be in with all these owners man what's going on but then i went back and looked at his body of work and I, I had to shut my mouth i was like okay uh all right cool i can i can rock with you now that's right that's right and Cal is already, you know, lobbying for Kenny to be his successor, you know, down the road. So maybe, you know, maybe it plays out that way. Maybe it's goodbye for now, but not goodbye for good. You know, if, if he does go to the Knicks and, and coach in college for a little bit, and then maybe he does circle back to Lexington. You just never know. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a whole, like, that job is a whole other monster, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like taking over uh, a story program or story uh, – organization taking over the boss itself taking over the the los angeles lakers man kentucky is a is a program that it's not for everyone it's like like i know coach cal has mentioned about players it's not for every coach you know it's, it's a different kind of pressure that if you're not winning you're not sick you know you're not getting the final fours or potentially playing for a championship is the fans expectation because of what has happened in the past it's going to be high, and that's not for everyone. So, I mean, to to follow a Coach Cal, to, to have followed, you know, Adolph Rupp, uh, Coach Patino, Coach Tubby Smith, I mean, those are hard coaches to follow, man. You know, you got you to gotta be – you got to be good in your own skin. You got to know who you are and, and be, be someone that when I step on, on that pedestal to come to Kentucky, man, like I'm confident in, in what I can do, what I can bring. You know, you can't come – you can't go to the University of Kentucky second-guessing yourself like, man, I don't know if I want to take it. I'm in between. And and I know years ago before Cal was – before Coach Cal took that job was, um, you know, Billy. But yeah. see, here, here's 
here's the catch to that. Billy was, of course, the one that brought me to Kentucky, but Billy saw what Coach Patino was going through. He was like, you know what, man? I'm cool on that. <laughs> you know, that's, that's too much pressure, man. You know, talking about family life change and balancing. Like, you can't – the balance come. Then you got to balance family life, basketball, and Big Blue Nation. That's a lot to balance. Yeah. When you go other places, you don't have to worry about your alumni and your fan base as much as Kentucky because they follow you everywhere, know everything you're doing. It's the biggest show in town. So if you're not that guy that's ready for the spotlight, then Kentucky, University of Kentucky program, basketball program will eat you alive. And for you young people listening, TD's talking about Billy Donovan, not Billy Gillespie. We're talking about Billy Donovan, <laughs> who was offered a job on a couple of different occasions and, and yeah. Decided, yeah, I'm not going, I'm not going to come on up to Lexington as the head coach. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you, you think about, like I said, Billy Gillespie, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like you can be, you can be overwhelmed if you don't have your house in order, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the one thing I will say about Kentucky. When you take that job, you know, you got to have your personal life in the right place. Because if your personal life is not in the right place, once again, that's not the right job for you. That's the truth. And one other potential is this, you know, does this have legs? Does it not? Dwayne Peavy was interviewed uh, for the DePaul AD job, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the assistant AD at UK now. Is it the same scenario as, as KP? If, if, if Dwayne moves on, maybe he circles back when Mitch Barnhart decides right. to retire, you know, just a lot of moving and shaking possibly going on right now. Man, a, a, another good friend of mine, man. I love that dude, man. Peavy. PB is a good brother. When I when I need something, he's the one brother I can call on that he has delivered every time. So it it, it will be tough losing um you know, just two solid men and, and two men I'm I'm really good friends with. But you know, I wish if, if Kenny I wish Kenny well and if, if um Dwayne gets the job with the Paul, you know, another guy I wish well, man. I want to see these guys, you know, keep going up that ladder, open up doors for, you know, as many minorities as possible. Um, they have they have paid their dues, you know, and, and I'm happy to hear that, you know, PV is, you know, one of the guys, one of the last candidates for for that AD job. And and they will be getting a great guy, just like I said about Kenny, genuine, real, um, loves what he does. Um, you know, he he makes sure he has his life together. He yeah. knows the balance. He need, and, and just being with that program, you know, he knows how to build something great. And something great starts with the man at the top, you know, and you got to be solid in who you are. And I think that's the one thing, you know, when I I look at Kenny and I look at Dwayne, are are two solid, two solid men that, you know, a lot of, a lot of us respect, you know, that, that are around the same age or older, but, you know, they demand, they, they demand respect when they walk into the room. When you talk to those guys, man, it's like face to face, eye to eye. And, you know, you'd be like, okay, man, this is real. You know, it's like I, I, I would call I don't, I don't know if you remember the movie called uh I think it was called Major Pain. So that's what I called Kenny. <laughs> I said I, I call him Major Pain, man. That, that's how he was. He, he's like a lieutenant. You know, you, you walk in this and it's militant. And I was like, man, you are. But, you know, and, I, and also being militant is, you know, he has a great sense of humor. Funny dude, too. You know, we can sit there and, you know, we can be. It can, it can be real real life stuff with what's going on in the world, real life watching video and watching. Then it'll be like, man, listen, man, let's talk about this game. This dude did this and, and this happened over here. Uh, but, 
you know, you have to have a personality and you have to be a people's person uh, along with, like I said, just gaining respect of your peers. And that's, that's something both those guys have done a, uh, a, a tremendous job of. Yeah, definitely. You talked about uh, Tibbs and his body work, paying his dues. Um, I just had to ask you, what about a guy like, like Patrick Ewing? He was an assistant forever. Should he have gotten a job sooner than he did at Georgetown as a head coach? Or what's what's the deal with, or you know, how's that? You know, it, it, I feel differently about big men. I, that, was, that was my and, next question. And, and, and not to say that big men don't know the game, man, but it's different. If you look at look at all the 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 high level coaches and on, on all levels, you know, on most of these levels, man, it's it's always the the guards or, or guys that play certain position that you know you'd be like okay man he he understands the game totally different than the big because I think sometimes big they're just they're always they just big you know what I'm saying and it's like you can dominate based on your size so if Patrick Ewing was six seven six eight in middle school he's always been dominant so how much of the game did he really have to learn you know and and I think what's happening now with the stretch fours and stretch fives are those guys are learning. Um, the point guard position. And when you can learn the point guard position, that's the most important position that you can possibly know is how can I become a good point guard? So there is height discrimination when it comes to the coaching ranks. That's what <laughs> <laughs> we, we like to, I like to believe that, but, you know, I, I still think it's, it requires so much work, you know, and not to say those guys don't understand that. I think those guys are, our players that when it comes down to knowing what to do, how to do it is I don't take away from the knowledge of the game. You know, I, I don't want to say that, Hey, their knowledge is something that that's in question, but you have to be able to understand that point guard position at, at the highest level. Mm -hmm. And one more thing on the big man, cause I know you got some stuff you want to get to and other topics, but since we on that note, I got to go on and ask you because you know, me, uh, being a Rockets fan, you know, Dwight Howard played there for a minute. You know, he had left the Lakers, went to Houston. Now he's back with the Lakers. But he started his career in Orlando. Patrick Ewing was there. He went to the, the Lakers. You know, Kareem is there. He played for the Rockets when Kevin McHale was coaching. Akeem was there. Shouldn't we have seen a little more development in Dwight's game with all these big men he's, he's had contact with throughout his career? Well, you, you gotta, I still think you have to teach them what you know, you know, and, and, have, and as the game started to evolve into, you know, having stretch four and stretch five, that wasn't his game. Like, I think you still got no personnel. Like, you know, we can sit back and say, well, why didn't he learn how to shoot, you know, from 18 to 20 feet out? Or why didn't he become a three-point shooter? He didn't have to. He was dominant. Throw the ball to me. I'm going to dunk the ball on you. That's that's all I did. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have to pop out and shoot the reason I'm, I'm 6'11". I got these, you know, these broad shoulders. I jumped through the, I jumped through the, through the roof. Why am I going to be out there shooting threes? I'm going to punish you on the inside, but he's still been able to uh, stay around because, you know, he, he defends well and he rebounds, you know, and that's, that's a gift that I was trying to explain to our kids last night. Uh, last night. I said, there are guys in the league that are making 10, 12, $13 million who can defend and rebound. Don't have to score, but they have a role. And once you know your role, I think that's when you understand, okay, 
I need to be great at this role. It might not be scoring, but if I can be a great rebounder, I can be a great defender, there's a place for you. I wasn't even asking Dwight to be Dirk or, you know, a stretch or anything. I was I was just asking for a jump hook with both hands. That's all I was asking for. You know, if is you know, he been he worked with legendary big men as coaches at the for these teams. I'm like, just a left-handed jump hook. Is that too much to ask? Or am I that's you know. Well, I mean, I, I think it's if you don't need it, it's it's like a player, a great player. And I look at I'm about to give you two Hall of Famers. Okay. But will be. I don't know if Dominique Wilkin is and uh, Clyde Drexler. But two guys that that just went right the whole time. Yeah. I mean, scored over 20,000 points just going going right-handed. Yeah. And never, you know, not to say they couldn't go left, but played most of their career going right. Mm-hmm. But if you can't stop me going right, man, I shouldn't. I don't have to go left. So yeah. if you can't stop this, then I'm not, you know, it's, it's great to add to your game. But when I got something that's that's – 60% and and I want to go and explore 30 to 40%. Come on, I can't do that. Can't do that. I think I'm going to, I'm going to stay on that. I'm going to stay what has made me relevant and what I feel comfortable doing. And I'm I'm fine with you know having a dominant right hand when nobody can stop it. If if yeah. like I said, it's almost telling telling someone, telling Shaq, "Hey man, Shaq, stop dunking the ball, man. You know, you don't stop dunking, stop being uh uh, a low post threat. Um, we need you to shoot jumpers now. Mm. And, and what what GM coach will look at you and be like, you telling me you can put the most dominant player in the game and you want him to start shooting threes? Mm. You're about to get fired. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and I, I know Neek's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, is Clyde in already too? I don't know. I, 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 we have to check that, man. That's That's, that's trivia. That's it. I know that is trivia. I'm still look. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm still biased. You know, I still I'm still bitter about Dominique getting traded for Danny Manning, and I'm still I'm still bitter from '96 when they did the NBA 50 Greatest, and and Dominique didn't make that. They Shaq made it based on what he was gonna be. He was only three, four right. years in the league. Dominique didn't make that list. 14 years in, what he's done with no help in Atlanta. You know, John Conkac. No help, and so you know he he gets overlooked. You know he he never had a true Robin. Who was Dominic Pippen? Here's the catch, though, V, is that they didn't get it wrong. You know what I'm saying? So what they <clears throat> what they projected Shaq would be, he he was that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So he was a Hall of Famer. So they, you know, it's one thing to to have gotten it wrong. They got it right. You know, and and as as dominant of a score as Dominique, you know, and like I said, should have definitely during that era, you know, no question he should have been one of the 50 greatest. You know, Nick is a, like I said, he, he was a, a unique talent. He was a special, like I said, he got the name Human Highlight. You know, how, how many how many people say, man, my name is Human Highlight. You yeah. are the human, you are Human Highlight. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, one of, one of the best nicknames that there ever was, man. Hey, man. Hey, let, let's go. Let's go watch Human Highlight. How many times when 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 you say Human Highlight that people don't get excited and don't want to? And who wouldn't want to go see the show? Because they're gonna be a show mm-hmm. every night. Man, last week basically we could just pick up where we were last week because we were talking about Devin Booker last week and what these Suns were doing in the bubble, and they still haven't lost. I think they were seven and zero, the only undefeated team in the bubble. 
and and Booker is just continuing to do work. You know, pulled up from half court the other night like it was just a warm up jumper. You know, during the game, mm-hmm. uh, the kid is just putting in work. Aiton is trying to kind of figure it out. They got a right. nice young core. It's and Phoenix is doing their thing and, and might sneak in and, and make the playoff. Well, the thing is, we we just trying to keep Aiden clean right now. As long as he stay clean, they got a chance. You know what I'm saying? So, as long as he stay off off the uh, the growth on hormones and and whatever he was on before, you know, I, I think they do have a chance because they do have a, a nice young core. And let's not leave out, you know, uh, Monty Williams, the, the coaching job he has done. Mm-hmm. You know, he he also has a good credit. You know, for not the play of Devin Booker, for Devin because Devin Booker was balling anyway. But I just think. Um, the right culture, um, putting the right guys on the court, and then holding these guys accountable, you know, and, and he's well-respected around the league. For sure. For sure. Um, picking up where we talked about last week, you were talking about the, you know, Lakers' number one seed in the West. They locked it up, but they, they're struggling, and, you know, you can't talk it up to Vogel just tinkering with the lineup. They are really right. kind of limping into the playoffs right now. Yeah, I'm not really – as I watched them play, I'm not really sold on them. You know, I, I I think, you know, LeBron has to carry so much of the load. And even with AD, it's different when you have a player that can – let's say he's a la LeBron, he can get the rebound, go down, make a play for himself. Like, you know, he can dribble down the court. And, and he you – no, know, he, like I said, he's a, he's a good ball handler. But, you know, he's more so really good when – the defense collapses, but in the playoff, they're just going to really focus in on two players and say, Hey, all you other role players, I don't think y'all good enough to beat us because even though they don't, you know, let's say if they play where to play Portland, like LeBron is always going to be a matchup, a matchup problem with, with pretty much any team, you know, other than maybe the Clippers because they have some long athletic guys that, you know, kind of can give him some problems, but, um, it has to be AD, and I'm and I'm thinking, you know, AD will will see he's going to see double teams. So now it goes down to can Danny Green make a shot? Can Dion Waiters make a shot? Alex Caruso is not a shooter. Uh, if we depend on Kyle Kuzma, I mean, it's like I said, it could be a, a first round exit. So a, a lot of this is going to hinder on LeBron James and how well he plays. Mm-hmm. And. You know, the other night, uh, I think they set him out. He, you know, he's, he's not injured, but that groin was kind of barking a little bit. And, you know, we don't want to have a flare-up with that. That's what happened to him last year. They were contending. He hurts a groin. They go up in flames. Uh, now he's another year older. He had a layoff, you know, with the, yeah. with the COVID. But now you're trying to ramp it back up and be in playoff mode after a few games. So, yeah, it's, you know, and if the Lakers get Portland in the first round, T.D., if, if, if Portland is that well, eight. Presents a, I'm going to tell you, Portland presents a problem. And I'm not saying Lakers can't win the series. I still would have the Lakers probably winning in six. But, you know, they have long athletic bodies. Whiteside, Collins, you know, they have Nurk, Nurtrick. Yeah. I think was that Nurik? Um, Nurkish, yeah. Nurtrick. So yeah, um, so many itches guys in the league now. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, you got a lot of Uchisik, You know, you got a lot of these guys, man, trying to – trying to pronounce these uh, overseas international players' name, But uh, they do have – what they have is they have big bodies. You know, they have not only big bodies, they have bodies that can move. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's one thing to have stiffs and, 
and guys that are slow reacting. Like these are mobile bigs, you know, and with mobile bigs, you know, they can guard, they can guard one-on-one. They, they can guard Anthony Davis one-on-one. They don't have to help as much. Um, and then they can protect the rim. But if, if, uh, if Dame is, is what we've been seeing the last, the last two games or, or, or for the, probably about the last – man, put it like this, the whole bubble. If Dame is that dude and CJ is – if he's back healthy, his back is not bothering, they're a problem. And then, like I said, Gary Trent Jr., you know, he's, he's giving them another three-point shooter, but a team that's not afraid of the Lakers, you know, a team no. that in their mind they know we can beat the Lakers, you know. So we're, we're not one of those – we're not your typical eight seed that's just going to be satisfied with getting in. I think that's one of the reasons why – some of the analysts and, 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 and media guys were, were on Dame because Dame was like, I don't want to waste time. You know, if we're not really playing for anything, why do I want to leave my, my home and go to somewhere and we're just playing, playing for fun? I can play for fun, at, you know, at the arena in, in Portland. So yeah. it was really more about getting the same guys, getting those same guys on the same page and letting them know, hey, man, we going out here to compete. We going down here to try to get into the playoff. And when we get in, you know what? If, with them having everybody healthy, they got a chance. They got just a good chance anyone else does. And you got, you know, Melo with extra scoring punch, you know, because you know, he's back in the fold and, and, you know, found a fit after not being in the league for a while. You know, he was killing the Rockets the other night. So you got him in addition to CJ and Dame that you're already probably focusing on more. And now and I, I think it, I think what it what it does it really lets you know that it's about fit because no he did not fit I I think when he went to OKC is he was just trying to fit in you know he didn't want to step on anybody's toes just like man I'm happy to be out of New York and and mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go out here and try to fit in and it really didn't work you know what I'm saying because although he was a volume shooter he wasn't getting no shots anymore because of course when you're playing with Westbrook you better rebound the ball and you got to push the ball down the court yourself to get some attempt because Westbrook might go four or five possession and he might just shoot the ball. But going to Houston was also not a good fit for him because now you're talking about a guy who doesn't just jack up threes the whole game. He posts up, he has some good low post moves, um, mid range game. He's out in transition. So that wasn't, that wasn't his style. And, when it didn't work there, everybody kind of fell out of love with Melo. Oh, man, Melo can't play. Melo didn't do well in OKC. Oh, Melo was, after 10 games, you know, Houston pretty much ended his career. But he was just he was with the wrong team that didn't appreciate what he did well. And then I think that's where Dame and CJ was like, hey, man, this dude still can play. You know, he was working. Because when you're watching tape and watching video, yeah, you'd be like, man, he really ain't going against nobody. But he was still dominating pros. So – when you got have a player still like that, it's still is 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 thirsty, hung has a hunger for the game. I mean, just give them opportunity, bring them in. You're not getting them for you know, you're not paying millions of dollars. You know, hey, you're getting it for pennies on the dollar, and but also you get a professional, you know, a, a future Hall of Famer that that still has something left in the tank. Mm-hmm. Circling back to Booker, Draymond Green was on NBA on TNT with Barkley, and he kind of channeled his inner Mark Cuban and said that. You know, Draymond needs to get out of Phoenix. And Ernie said, are you tampering? He was like, maybe. Is, was it more to that than what it was? Or he's just trying to say that because of the beef he had with Charles. And Charles playing for Phoenix. Well, and, you know, he got slapped with a $50,000 fine. Mm-hmm. What, what was 
well, like I said, the the, the fine he can pay. He he he's, he's made enough money where that fine is <laughs> that fine is like you know paying paying a, a ten dollar parking ticket. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think when you you look at you know, which I was happy that those two guys. It's, it's funny too, two guys who had beef and you know before you even come out and do a show like that, you know, you're back in the green room, you're kind of chopping it up. So I'm sure these guys, you know, had a chance to kind of like you know. Um, you know, make up and, you know, I think Charles is, you know, Charles in a different place now than he was as a player. You know, he's, you know, he really wants to see guys do well. And I think he can be man enough to apologize when he's wrong, you know, but also, you know, he's always, you know, been someone who's been truthful with his job, you know, and I think that's what served the relationship between him and uh, Michael Jordan. You know, he was honest and sometimes friends don't, don't want to hear honesty from other people. You know, and especially the guys who I consider to be my friend. But when you can be honest in who you are and 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 the people know that, I gotta respect at the end of the day, man. So as much as, you know, Charles would tell him he was telling the truth about Draymond Green uh game though. You know, he he was he was like what he was a, a triple single. <laughs> so I mean it it was funny. I'm like, man, he, he got a triple single. I'm like, who thought of that stuff? But you know, Draymond is much better when he has, you know, the the, the talent around him. And, uh, you know, although, like I said, Charles is looking at certain situations, you know, and uh, I think he should pay $25,000 that fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, speaking of that green room and that studio, Jay, in Atlanta, you were up in there for the KG Area 21. It was you, KG, Sheed, Rod Strickland. Mm-hmm. It was flashing highlights of your 53 points. Don't, hey, 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 don't leave our big boy, man, from Outcast. What's up, man? Oh, oh my bad. That's right. Got That's my right. big boy, man. Big boy was – I was like, man, big big boy came with uh, with the – I think with an English bulldog, man. He had to hit a bulldog. <laughs> and uh, it was so funny because <laughs> I, I shouldn't be putting this out there. Well, man, Rod Strickland, man, he don't – Rod don't play with dogs, man. I don't, I don't care how big that dog is. He said, hey, T, if you got teeth, man, he can bite. You know, he said – so he, he don't care about the size. Hey, he is not – he don't play that. So Big Boy had his – he had his dog in studio. I'm like, all right, man. So I already know I already know the story about with Rod and dog because, you know, of course, we work together, man. And Rod is like, man, you, you can just – you can just look at, like, dogs and cats. I know you have a cat. Like, they know instinctively when you don't really care for them a whole lot. But they want to be around you. you know what I'm saying? They want to look at you and lick on you. And, and, and you ain't really kind of feeling that right there, you know. So – as, as that as that show was taking place, I was just looking at Rod, how he how he was looking over at the dog. I was like, man, this is so fun. Nobody nobody knew it but me, and I was just, I was I was cracking up inside. And so soon as we got done shooting that segment, man, I went over to Rod and we just both started laughing. He's like, T, you don't want to play. He said, you don't play around with dogs like this. <laughs> I don't either, man. I got I get bit a couple times as a kid, and and they know when you're skittish. I can try to act like I'm not scared. They they see right through that, and so I don't even get attached to animals anymore. Hey, I'm, man, I'm that I'm, guy. I'm gonna tell you, there there were, there were a few times where a dog was coming after me, man, and 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 I got I, I escaped. I got away. Some were on bikes, some were on foot, mm-hmm. and on foot, what I knew a dog couldn't do is I had to zigzag. You know, I was there was one there was one dog. I, I there was this gym I would go to and play all the time, and it was called College Hill. So it was this. It was this house that was like on a hill and a dog was always either dog was in the house 
and the dog was out. I, I couldn't I couldn't figure out like why these people don't have a fence. And this and at this time you didn't have the uh, the dog fence. You know you didn't have that invisible fence that so many people in my neighborhood have. You know your dog run out there to get shot. Mm-hmm. And um, this dog was always off the chain. And this one particular day, I think I was going to, I, I was a huge wrestling fan. And I was like, man, I'm going to watch this wrestling match. So I'm walking up. And every time I go up the hill, I always look for that dog. Man, the dog must have ran out on me. And I tell you, I went up the hill, down the hill, up the hill, down the hill. And the dog left me alone. <laughs> so I figured I was like, man, you know what? Long as I'm going up the hill and down here, I said the dog eventually will get tired, and and, and I was in great shape because I, you know, because I was of course playing basketball four or five hours a day, ride my bike five or six miles, and and I was in great shape. I was like, man, this dog, this dog has to run a long way to catch me. Right. If your dog can run a few miles, it might it might have a chance. But also, when you're scared, you have a whole other level of speed. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I do. So yeah, I'm I'm that guy. Dude. Those are that's my wife's cats and i don't fool with them but they do try to come up and hang out and stuff and (laughs) they know they're like he don't like us let's go try to to rub his ankles oh that they oh man that's too funny man he said hey hey, you let it be known them not my cats man (laughs) (laughs) i'm here in the little office but they don't pop in here because their food's in here and stuff and here they come yeah so but uh I'm not a huge wrestling guy, but I know wrestling's big in Memphis. So who was your who was your favorite wrestlers and 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 all that growing up? Who'd you keep up with? Man, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna tell you that one of the kids that um, that comes to my comes to my gym and practices, uh, his dad is Big Papa Pump, which is Scott Steiner, mm. and I was a huge fan of him. So about two weeks ago, he was in our gym, and I looked over. I'm like, man, it looked like Scott Steiner, you know. But of course, he's older now. But I, I remember the walk, you know, I'm like, man, that is Scott Steiner. So, of course, one of the coaches, I was like, hey, man, who uh, is that? Is that Big Papa Pump? They was like, who? I said, Scott Steiner. like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, back in the day, I, of course, I watched the NWO when they had you know, Dennis Robin was there, Hulk Hogan, um, you know, that whole. But that whole experience of wrestling for many, many years was something I really enjoyed. So, I grew up really being like a, a Jerry Lawler fan. Um, Bill Dundee, uh, I go back to Tojo Yamamoto, uh, JYD. I can just go down the line, man. I think we just lost uh, a wrestler by the name of Kamala. You know, he died August 5th. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I didn't know he was that size. Though. He was like 6'7", 300 plus. I mean, really, he went from like Kamala to Uganda Giant. But I go back to, man, my, my childhood, I just enjoyed and loved wrestling from Rick Flair, Ted DiBiase, the uh, the Four Horsemen. Uh, who else can I think of? Um, gosh, Tony Atlas when he when it was the, not the WWE the WWL. Um, yeah. Man, <laughs> hey, Iron Sheik. Uh, man, there's so many of them, man. It just it's just so many. When they when they pass, I'm like, man, I grew up watching that dude. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I really was like every Monday night, Saturday morning. Like, that was my thing. I did not miss Saturday morning Memphis wrestling. And Lawler's from the 901, like you, right? He's from right there, from Memphis. Yeah, he, he's from Memphis, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jared Lawler. Yeah, he got a restaurant in Memphis or something like that, too, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when, when he took when – he, when he dropped that strap, man, it was all about business, man. Like, you know, and, and every everybody knew it. You know, that, that was his signature. You know, once he pulled that strap off, it was like, oh, yeah, it's time for him to – 
to put the to lay the latest smackdown on you. Also, you know, like I said, The Rock, man, The Rock was he probably uh, Goldberg, Bill Goldberg, uh, but The Rock was probably one of the most entertaining wrestlers, you know, and that's what allowed him to have, of course, you know, a uh, a Hollywood career was that he was able to to be so entertaining. And, you know, when you look at someone like that, you know, just from the entertainment standpoint, how do they sell? You know, he, he was an easy sell because so many fans bought into him, you know, and that was the one thing that, you know, if you look at what jumpstarted his, uh, his acting career, it was definitely wrestling, man. In the, what, the Mid-South Coliseum, it all went down right there, right? It went down in Memphis, man. You already know, man. Every once in a while, they would take that show on the road. And um, a, a few times they came to Little Brownsville, man. They went to College Hill. Okay. And I, 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 I remember paying for them for a ticket to go watch wrestling. I'm like, man. And uh, you couldn't tell me you couldn't tell me it wasn't real. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's still real. Still real to this day. That's right. And now the Rock is part owner and is is trying to revive the XFL. So we'll see if he's that's gonna be a lot of work. That. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he got some investors and they're putting up their money. <laughs> don't want to <laughs> take all that loss by yourself. Yeah, man. No, hey, I can be the face, but uh, when it comes to going in and taking, getting my money, my finances, uh, my income, uh, probably not, man. But hey, y'all need a face. I will be the face. There you go. There you go, man. Oh, we just talked about uh, Zion a little bit a week or two ago. What if you know they're trying to give him. Rookie of the year. They're trying their best to make sure he gets it. You, you hope John Morant don't get screwed out of rookie of the year. Um, I saw where Rex Chapman tweeted out that Rodney Rogers is was kind of Zion before Zion. Big left hand athletic. Is that the comparison you come to mind? Or does he remind you of somebody else? Or no, 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 no. Rodney, Rodney is definitely got to come to mind. I played with Rodney when I was with the Phoenix Sun and Boston Celtics. So definitely reminds me of, of Zion, you know, Zion might've been a little bit more explosive. Rodney was about six, seven, six, eight, um, you know, could a, a, a real southpaw, you know, someone who could shoot the mid range, um, shot the three, posted up, uh, to put the ball on the floor with just an unbelievable talent, man. I mean, I just enjoy, you know, we call him, we call him Debo. I say, I, I enjoy playing with Debo, man. It just, was a, a, a great human being, you know, and, and uh, we talked, I talked to Rod about three or four weeks ago, you know, and when, when Rod got paralyzed a few years ago um, in North Carolina and he was brought down to Shepherd Hospital, which is uh, a spinal hospital down here. And, uh, you know, we, you know, it, it was just, it was sad for me to see such a good person in that, in that situation. And he was still upbeat and, you know, and was still was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to come out of this, you know. And, and for me, just knowing who he was and, you know, we got traded together to Boston. So, you know, that became – it became a brother, you know, a brother of mine. You know, we always talked and, you know, we had a lot in common, you know, two country guys that, that you know, we knew what the grind was. But, you know, we really loved the game of basketball. And just to see him, you know, in that position and, you know, I always said, man, that's my – that's my dude. When I, when I look at someone who was at that size, move gracefully, of course I thought about Zion. I, and I got a chance to coach Zion back in, um, I think it was about maybe three or four years ago. I think he might have been a sophomore at the Unarmed Elite 24 game. 
and I just didn't see what everyone else is seeing right now. You know, it, you know, so it let it let me knew he really worked on his on his game. You know, what 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 needs to happen with him is I know he left the bubble and came back, and you know he wasn't in the best of condition. So he really has to pay attention to you know having probably needs to have nutrition. You need to have someone that that kind of monitor him as well as eating, but then. He has to be mature enough. You know, he has to say, hey, man, if I'm going to have that longevity, you know, longevity can come from taking care of my body, you know. And, and one thing I know about your knees, if you're carrying too much weight up top, something has to give. And it's going to always be your knees. Mm-hmm. You talk about, you talk before we started recording, wear and tear on the body, mileage, reckless, wide open style of play. Russell Westbrook is going to miss the first few games of the playoffs against his former team, OKC. Right. Because he got a strained quad that's going to keep him out for a few games of that series. And you just said it was just because, you know, style of play and he's, you know, he's like 32, 33 now. And yeah. Catches up. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's getting up there in age, man. But just uh, he only knows one way, man. You know, you look at it's like having the Lamborghini is <laughs> it's not meant to be driven slow. So he is a Lamborghini Bugatti, mm. a mix. And that car goes really, really fast. <laughs> that car is on the Autobahn going like 180. You know, while your car is going, you you think you're going fast, you're going like 120. You know, this car is 180, 200, like just pad, like flying by your car. That's that's how he plays. And I don't know if, you know, you can slow that style down, you know, and, and have another five or six great years on that body. You know, even with Chris Paul, you know, not being a high-level athlete as Russell Westbrook, but he can still play the game because he was always, you know, he could dunk the ball, but he wasn't like a high, high above the rim kind of player, you know. So he he plays below the rim, and and, and it takes less less stress and less pressure off your body, you know, when you ain't just constantly attacking, trying to dunk on people and finishing and falling. Is you got to have a little finesse. You got to have the nice floater, which is something that, that I don't think Westbrook has. I think it's either a dunk. Underhand layup, um, you know, shooting a, a a bad three point shot, mid range is trying to shoot it off the glass. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But what he still what he what he does a really good job of, you know, he rebounds and he he, he puts pressure on you because of his speed. Mm-hmm. So another elite talent that when you look, we're gonna look back ten to fifteen years and we're gonna say, man, that was a special player. Yeah. Well, I'm going to change it up real quick. Just uh, a little curveball question. You were a freshman at Kentucky, I guess, when I was a freshman in high school. And for all the time I've seen you and known of you from Kentucky on up, you you kept your hair cut close or clean shaven. So before that, did you have a, a high top fade or a little mini fro uh-huh. before we knew you or anything like that? Or you always hey, kept man, it close? I had- it, 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 when, when hair when when the hair did stop stop leaving the spots, man. You know, I used to have a tight fade, man. My, my fade was tight. It was light, yeah. nice. You know, used to be this this barber. His name was Mister Neil, man. I would go by Mister Neil's shop, and uh, Mister Neil would tighten me up. You know, so I was like, man, you know, I got some tight, got this nice little, you know, trying to have a little wave, my wave cap, my my brush with me all the time. And I remember when I got traded to Golden State, and um, I didn't have a barber. I was like, man, I'm just going to cut all my hair off. And one day I just decided to, to go ball. And that's how it all started. When I, 
when I tried to let my hair come back, it, was, it wasn't growing in all the spots that it, that it once was. So I was like, you know what, man, I think I'm going to stick to this ball here right now. I'm just hoping that, <laughs> that my ball head goes with my face. And uh, I guess it has worked out you know, over the years. And most people know me. They've only known me to, be, to have been bald head. Yeah, yeah. But a couple of these pictures behind me, you'll see me with a little hair on my head. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. Got a message from Teresa to listen to the show. She said that uh, she took her daughter to the blue-white game one year. Mm-hmm. And you were doing look like like on the radio broadcast. I think you were covering. You were on the broadcast. Of, that's what she thought. Or she saw you with headphones on or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, just was so excited, screamed, just telling her daughter that you were her favorite Kentucky player of all time. Mm-hmm. You were walking towards them and and made eye contact and and stopped and took a picture with both of them. And she still remembers that. Hadn't forgotten it. <laughs> and, and just. Now she knows about the podcast and can't wait to listen. And right. still remembers when she met T. Delk at the Blue White game years ago. I think it's really just, you know, without having good fans and and us as players, you know, appreciating them and letting them know how much you know they they help us really just be the best we can be when we step on that court. You know, it's so important to. Um, to know how important fans are, you know, and not to forget that, you know, we were a little kid and there was someone we were cheering for. And of course, if we ever got a chance to meet them, you know, we, we'd always hope they would sign a, sign an autograph or take a picture of us. And that, that just made our day. I was like, man, I'm, as long as I have time and sometimes I even make time, I'm always going to take pictures and sign autograph, you know, for those people who have been my fans and, and who cheered me on and who have, who, who've never met me, but their parents might've, had great things to say about me. It was like, man, my mom and my dad was always talking about you. I yeah. feel like you're, I'm always a person that you can approach. And when you're talking about basketball, as we talked about earlier, man, that's something I've been doing my whole life. And, you know, when it comes to like conversation and us getting into to other things about life, when we come back to basketball, oh, I'm, I'm locked and loaded. Yeah, so it's always cool that, you know, it, that just sticks with people, man. It's just a, a couple seconds here, a couple minutes there, but they remember it years and years later. And uh, and that's, it's been that way at Kentucky forever. You know, I, you know, my kids met Kenny Walker, and I was telling them the same thing. And and they, you know, they they're listening because they're like, okay, yeah, this is who my dad and my granddad saw play. But then, you know, Dominique uh, Dominique Hawkins was there, and they were freaking out because they actually saw him. <laughs> on TV. So Don yeah. was there and they're like, oh my God, that's Dominique. So, you know, same thing, like, you know, I'm of course excited to meet, you know, the Jack Gibbons and, and all those guys that I didn't see play, but my right. dad saw play. And now same thing with my kids. You know, they was freaking out because it was Dominique Hawkins because they actually saw him a couple years ago actually play. So it's just... And, and that's how the new gen, the newer generation is, you know, but, you know, it's like I, I was watching a quick clip of Michael Jordan on, on, um, on Twitter and he was telling the guys, like, hey, man, you, you need to YouTube me, you know what I'm saying? Or you need to need to Google me, you know? <laughs> and it's fun. I'm like, man, it's Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Who don't know Michael Jordan and, and, and what he's done? But it's just so funny. He was telling the guy, man, you need to Google, who I, you need to Google me, man, and see, see what I did to these people. And I was like, man, if MJ got to say that, then I said, man, hey, I might have to tell you, like, listen, here, here's how you spell when they put it in, and, and, and this is – and go to this video right here to see what I did in, in, the, uh, in the NBA. That's it. Just like 
you know, you said if, if Jordan got to do that, everybody has to. I, I yeah. was the same way back when, when uh, you know, your Niners, I don't like them, got to respect them. If if <laughs> if Jerry Rice and Joe Montana wasn't able to finish their career within San Francisco, yeah, then nobody was safe. Emmitt Smith had to go to the like and, um, Nobody was safe. Or even in modern, just think about modern modern football. You know, just Tom Brady. I mean, who who ever would have thought Tom Brady would have left the Patriots? you know, and, and go down to Tampa Bay. But, you know, I just didn't – I didn't see it happening. You know, I, I think when you're that kind of player, that kind of player you've done so much for organization is you should retire there. Like, like they got to make it right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I love what, what Jenny Buss did with Kobe Bryant. She mm-hmm. made it right. Like, Kobe for last three or four years was still selling tickets, but he had made them so much money. So, you know what? We've got we've gotten our return on our investment, man. Let's let's do right by him. You know, you will retire at Laker, whether you know uh, that that organization did it, and Mark Cuban did it for Dirk Dirk Nowinski. So yeah. it can be done, but mm-hmm. now it's it's about who is in charge. And when you are in charge, sometimes you got to do whether I know a player is probably at the end of his career. I'm just gonna do right by him. Tim Duncan, Kobe. Dirk and Derek Jeter, that's about it, man, you know. I mean, man, that, that <laughs> list is short, very mm, short. It sure is. Well, man, we have just crammed all kind of stuff in, hit some old school wrestling, barber hmm. talk. You know how we do on Believe in Kentucky, man. We we get it in. Yes, we do. So, y'all, man, look, I, I messed up last week and said give us five stars on Instagram. Give us five stars on iTunes. Stitcher, everywhere you get your podcast, be sure to check us out. The legend TD and myself will be here every week on Believe in Kentucky doing our thing, man. So appreciate y'all listening. We'll do it again. Deuces. Y'all take care. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.